Hi, I'm Faith. And I'm Nasa. And this is Go, Go Ladies, a podcast about navigating life, love, and so much more from a 40 plus perspective. This is your night tonight. Everything's going to be all right. This is your night tonight. It's the breakdown. Because this is ladies' night. And I feel it's right. Remix. It's ladies' night. What? I never know a song you're going to start with. So I just like, what is this? It's ladies' night. What? It must be Angie on the mic. The butter pea, honey. Got the sugar. Got the spice. Brother L's tight. Keep my rhymes right. Yo, I just made this mother up last night. Okay. Let's go, ladies' night. And thank you. Hello. And welcome to the Go Ladies Podcast. I am Faith. I'm Nasa. You did it all wrong again. I didn't do it wrong. Yes, you did do it wrong. I welcomed them and then I said who I am and you say who you who you were. Welcome. I'm Faith. I'm Nasa. And this is the Go Ladies Podcast. There's a whole yeah. script, people. It's a script she wrote, actually, and she keeps messing it up. And that's okay. Because that's my piece. You ain't tapped them. <laughs> Have you recovered from the weekend? <laughs> Y'all have a drink. I never have a drink when we record, but I have a drink. And no, I'm not lit. It's going to be chaotic. It's not. It's going to be fun. Be chaotic. Yeah. Then she's going to go to sleep. It's not Halfway through. Quick we have a guest. She'll go to right. sleep. Have we have a guest. Thank you, Nasa. Jeez. Hey, y'all. We have a guest. nothing okay i wasn't um, telling people to get rid of you just be one host just be me <laughs> okay so y'all listen we told you last episode about tsu's homecoming yes <clears throat> so nasa was talking about that a little bit earlier just have we recovered but nasa being an alum i want to hear from you break it down so it's always a great time, right? Um, and I only did half the stuff that I normally do. Like I really didn't do everything um, because I just had to tap out for a day. But um, it was everything that I wanted it to be. Friday was lit and a great time. I'm putting points on the board like Steph Curry. I'm in there, eh? Woo! It was falling to the net. I'm good about it. What? I was out there. This was putting in work. She was, I was in fishing in a barrel. It was. It was right. She was shooting in a gym. She was shooting in all nets. Yeah. I'm both shooting the gym and still don't make no points. I'm. I'm making points. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Putting up shots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Three okay. pointers. I'm in there. You looked happy. I was very happy. <laughs> I was very happy. Joey. I wasn't just happy because I was shooting in the gym. Yeah. I was happy because it was a good time. The weather was good. The outfit was cute. Yeah. The um, the clippings were right. The face beat was together. Nice. The moons had aligned. Oh, and I was putting up in points. What a It was good. It was good. The next day, I felt that it was very um purposeful I spent the morning in doing some work for the university for one of the eight boards that I'm on and I really enjoyed it mm-hmm. because it is um work that I enjoy work that is impactful and it's really legacy building and so I truly thought we did a really good job as a team mm-hmm. and so it was good and then um Sunday I just had a few little brunch at a girlfriend's house and it was tasty and it was good to just chill because everybody's feet hurt by them. And it was Listen. a good time. It was a good time. Oh, girl. Yeah. It's good seeing everybody. Oh. Like, it's a reunion. You see everybody and you're hugging next. Then you see pictures on Monday. You're like, I didn't even see you. And, you know, so that's the hard part. Like, I didn't even see everybody. But it was really good. Made some new friends. Hugged some old ones. Hmm. Okay. 
Yeah. yeah. How about you? <laughs> okay, so as a visitor to TSU Homecoming, you would have thought I went there because I didn't know a lot of people. <laughs> I'm like, hey, girl. <laughs> exactly. You you are a visitor, but you're a Nashvilleian kind of by way of Detroit. Right. You I'm you're the Mount Zion. Right, exactly. And you were Delta. That's, the That's half the city right there. That is half the city. So, yes, I had a great time. I um went to two day parties. And let me say this. The theme for the weekend was full on, fully embracing my auntie status. I'm thriving in my auntie status. Meaning, two day parties. Emphasis on day. So, <laughs> went to one. It was cool. Nice little vibe. But it wasn't giving. Like, I wasn't turning up. So, stayed for a few hours. I already had a plan, a game plan, everything. Then I have a plan. You gotta have a plan. Yes, I have a plan. Then made my way to the party which you were working. And <laughs> by then that then my feet did start to hurt. I was really cute. I was really cute. But uh <laughs> you were I was cute. Thank you. I love my boots too. Y'all can see all our outfits on the gram. Um <laughs> but yeah, you and I talked about this prior to the show. Lots of people at the Delta party, lots of people. Good to see a lot of the people just, yeah. you know, wanted to dance a little more. So, but there was dancing. One thing about Black folk, we're going to find some space to move. But Juvenile was there, back in that ass up. Like, it was it was great. It was a good time. And then after that, look at me being an auntie, went to the Nashville Black Market. That was my first time ever going. I forgot about that. Oh. I stayed until the Delta party obviously ended, ended, you know? Mm -hmm. And at that point I was hungry. And so I went and grabbed some food with some friends mm -hmm. and didn't think, just walk across to the, to the black market because it was popping. Yeah, yeah. It, my was. Plan, it was. It was on my plan. I didn't make it to the plan. It's okay. We'll, ha we'll have to go. It's really cool. It's yeah. I, I had never been. So that was nice. We went up, I changed shoes. Because again, I'm an auntie. I know to carry other, I have other shoes with me right okay yes lord <laughs> change shoes we went over there and i was home before 9 30 it was wonderful like i still had energy i wasn't drained i was like oh and then let me tell you this my mama called me and was like are you okay because it's a full moon and crazy people are out <laughs> i was like i'm fine mom <laughs> thank you <laughs> Mama's gone, mama. So for me, it was perfect to be home or and then tailgating. Oh my God. It was tailgating was so much fun. I hadn't done it in a long I, I want to say the most fun I've had probably was with you that first time you were my tour guide. But it was just really a lot of fun. And I really enjoyed, like I shared with you before, seeing what are new black people to me. Yeah. Black Nashville really is it's kind it's kind of small. Like you just said, you named all the groups. Yes. see the same people so you have alum or whomever that live out of town and they come back to nashville and i'm oh. like oh, it's just it's nice to see new black people <laughs> yeah i love the tailgate i actually missed the tailgate this year um but i do love it every year mm -hmm. i will say this is well i have a child who's now an alum as well yeah you do who's an adult adult right and so we cross paths briefly yeah. last year at the tailgate mm -hmm. this year we would have crossed paths twice had i attended the tailgate i didn't make it to that mm -hmm. um but she was at the party that i was at mm -hmm. and so um a few people asked me like how do you feel having your kid here mm -hmm. and i'm like she's grown yeah like i do a pretty decent job i would say i'm sure my kid probably wouldn't say the exact same but at acknowledging their adultness and letting them be yeah. the adults when when it's a you know when it's appropriate mm -hmm. um and it's a day party like yeah it is what it is you know and so she kept getting stopped because of her father and I both went to TSU so everybody's like there go Nasa baby 
That's right. Even the Sigma stopped her. They were like, we took a picture with your baby early. And I'm like, what? And they, like, she didn't even know y'all. They were like, <laughs> we saw her and we know that was you and Chris's baby. So we got in a picture and she's so gracious. She takes pictures like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she don't know these people for real, but she gonna she gonna smile away for the picture. Yeah. But um, it's noticeable because even her last just said they're pointing at you, Asian, and she's like, yeah, it's it is what it is, you it know. Is Sasha and Malia? What? <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Yes, you royalty. Yeah, and there's others like there's um. One of her classmates, his name is TJ, and he is the son of a chapter sore and a chapter Q. So of course, everybody knows his parents. Yeah. And we like, where your baby at? You know, <laughs> where your mom at? So yes. it's just these things happen. It is, it is what it is. But she's carried that um, burden, and it's a it's a it's a gift and a curse. Right, right. So yeah, she's carried it well. She looked like she was having a good time. She was. Yes. She was. Now, I will say, doing it at my age, doing it at her age, two very different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, I mean, I did not see her, mm-hmm. except for like 10 minutes at a time at the house. She's like, yeah, coming in the shower, changing, going back out. <laughs> like, Absolutely. It would be great, you know? Absolutely. Which is what she's supposed to do. It's appropriate at that age, you know? Yeah. I give them the same speech. Don't don't drink and drive. Don't die. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, yep. and that's it. But she, I mean, she was outside. Outside had a good time. Yes. Yep. I love it. I agree. When you're that age, yeah. For me, auntie in the house, but I still have fun. Like I don't feel like I've missed anything by not going out at night. Like I was just like, no, this is good enough. I'm head in, and I still managed to make it to church. Albeit, I could still taste a little alcohol, but I was in the house. I was in the house of the Lord, and He knows my heart. So, <laughs> it's like praise Him. Uh, and even the lady who did the prayer was like, "I know some of y'all are hanging over," and I was like, <laughs> "Yes, <laughs> but I'm here." <laughs> so, I have a friend once who's in the choir, and. Had to leave the choir stand to go be ill post an event or two. Um, Cause she kicked a little bit too hard for that sway and rock. Mm, mm. But I'm like, you try girl, you try. Yeah, it was about to take her out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you gotta know when to hold them, know when to hold them. Yeah. yeah. And then I went to brunch and drank some more. Um, But. <laughs> All in all, Nasa, it gets great Yelp reviews from me. I'm coming. I'll do it again tomorrow. I know, right? I will. I just love even now still seeing the photos. People are still posting photos. And I mean, because again, you can't forget COVID happened. So correct. It it even felt that people were just so happy because people have lost people, you know? Last year it was a good time. Yeah. It wasn't a full house. Right. This year was a full house. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And last year, I think it rained. That's well, at least for tailgate. I know it, it was raining. I do remember that. It was cooler. Yeah. Because I actually bought an outfit in between the serenade and the tailgate because I was like, oh, my outfit has to change. Let me go to plan B. Yeah. And so I actually bought clothes for, for a plan B. Okay. Yeah. This year, just it was, yeah. I have fun. Thank you for having me visit. So can you talk about photos? You mentioned photos, and we didn't mention this ahead of time, so we might run out of time for other stuff, but I'm okay with that. You're good. Um, I had a photo shoot. You did. You I did. Me. You I hate the photos. Yeah, Nasa hates every single photo. I like the photos I took at homecoming that have been posted. I feel like my my party photos, I'm looking cute. I'm looking happy. I'm looking good. Like. I'm listening. I like those photos. The photo of me and you is really cute. Okay. Go to our IG. It's right there. Okay. Um, but it's really cute. Okay. The photo shoot photos are trash. 
for you. No, trash. Like, let me tell you how trash they are. So I found the photographer and I paid the photographer. And then of course we're gonna split it on the back end, right? Yeah. But something told me don't split that money to actually see them photos. Mm -hmm. So I saw the photos and debated not sharing the photos and just eating the money was mm-hmm. like no it's all right <laughs> I'll eat the cost the only reason I didn't because people bought outfits and had faces done for this and there'll be a waste of money for them to you know not be able to utilize that yeah. and look at the photos they all look good this is not the photographer's fault by industry imagination this is purely NASA gets self-conscious and cannot pose fault and that's what happened and photos are trash I tagged every photo, was like, y'all better not tag me in this bullshit. Y'all better not tag me in this bullshit. And I already am leery because I know one person in particular, she going to post them because she ain't going to give a damn about how nobody else look. <laughs> That's just, she looks like, just a little bit on her personality. Yeah. Love her, but know. just, you know, yes. yeah, she's a little bit about, you know, her. Mm-hmm. And so I know good and well mm-hmm. that she's going to post the photos and I'm going to be like, let's see a good, and I don't know the photographers. I don't have a dog in the fight, but a, to me, a good photographer poses you. I know you're laying the blame on you for the post. They guide, they direct you. Was that not done? Or- so I have shot with Kina before. I think right. Kina is a great photographer okay. because she makes you feel comfortable mm-hmm. and it's a good time. Mm-hmm. Shot with Portia. Yeah. Um, I think that she also did as much as she possibly could have put me up by jail. I still yeah. didn't post those pictures though, right? I didn't. Um, about that. We'll yeah, I, I don't like them. I'm not going to post them. Yeah. She's a great photographer. I would work with Portia again in a different context. Right. I don't like these particular photos. Um, this guy I hired because he has a lot of graduate photos on campus. So he knew all the places to get those photos on campus. And okay. because time was limited, and this somebody who knew how to get those and get those quick mm-hmm. and not talk about, okay, where do you guys want to go? Well, we don't go there anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and he did not, he's not a person who poses you. He's yeah. not, you know? Um, and also I think he would have if mm-hmm. I would have been his age, mm-hmm. but he was significantly younger. And I think he, I think dealing with all of us at our big age, mm-hmm. we kind of can be overpowering sometimes, you know? And so, yeah. shut up. <laughs> so, so I think that's why he didn't say a whole lot. Okay. Yeah. Like I say, everyone else's photos, magnificent. Like magnificent. Mine, I look like the Crypt Keeper. Okay. It ain't it. See one. Can I see one? Not that. Just, I'm not going to post them. Here's the thing, though. I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you see them. We are our own worst enemy. And Nason and I have talked about this on this show. Nasa does not look how she would like to look. I don't. And therefore, most photos, she's not going to like. Even though, to everyone else, she looks fabulous. Which I do understand. I do. As as a bigger girl, especially, I'm not where I want to be. We've discussed it on the show. But I'm pretty sure it's not as bad as it really is. But it's really bad to you because you're not necessarily where you want to be. So I get it. Hello, everyone. Those of you watching on YouTube, you can see that we have a guest. Um, she's a dear friend, confidant, prayer warrior. All of these, her resume is very extensive, but she's an Emmy award-winning journalist, y'all. That's major. So we gonna hype that up every time Thank we you. can. Uh, <laughs> Nathan and I first met her at the CBS station here in Nashville where we work together um and like I don't you know I don't even know where to go from there because I'm just so happy she's on here she's just a boss she's a native of Silver Spring no s Silver Spring Maryland uh, <laughs> she reps Sierra Leone as well right <laughs> <laughs> and we were just so happy to just call her our friend and our, homegirl, our sister friend 
um andrea klein thomas welcome to the show Thanks. <laughs> i'm so happy to be here i'm excited you're here that's the most calm face ever been on this show it's <laughs> <laughs> the truth <laughs> um, uh, i'm hype all day every day you know her <laughs> mm -hmm. i'm just happy that she like wanted to be my friend because you know she thought about it <laughs> when I first came to the station she thought about it twice three yeah, I already had a tall chocolate skinny girl <laughs> so <laughs> Nathan me telling me here's a church here's a hairstylist here's this here's that if you need this here's a nail salon here's this I got the whole like black nice. girl mm -hmm. I remember Faith says I was mean when we first met. No, I wasn't. No. You're saying I was nice. I'm going with your yeah. narrative. <laughs> yeah, right. Now. That's no Anyway, Andrea is here for a reason. Obviously, yes. we can catch up. But we want to talk today about choosing yourself. So you have a lot of people that when COVID started, like people were quitting their jobs left and right like things were just happening and people were realizing really realizing your own mortality if you will you know yeah um and I think Andrea definitely can speak to that like just how empowered do you feel like how you've chosen yourself and if you wouldn't mind just telling us a little bit about your journey okay oh we'll have to break this down a little bit um so I'm like thinking about where to start. So just a, a quick background on my reporting career. I was in Macon, Georgia, Charlotte, Nashville, Philly, and now I'm in New York. So it's spanned um, 16 years now. Um, and then being in New York during COVID, um, I mean, obviously COVID is something that nobody, none, nobody's ever really experienced. It's still living, not very many people. I mean, unless you're around for the Spanish flu, but um, New York City was scary. There's no way around it. So when everybody was sheltering in place, if they could, um, I was out on the street. So seeing the lines of people trying to get COVID tests at the very beginning at um, a hospital that ended up being ground zero. Um, this was this is before we started wearing masks, you know, and there were no COVID tests and seeing lines that snaked out the backside of the hospital. And that's when I knew it was like, oh, my God. Um, but there was a lot. We're going to have to break this down. But there was just a lot leading up for news. I would say a pivotal moment for me was watching Ann Curry um, essentially lose her job on national television and it felt we didn't know the details of it at the time now we do after the whole Matt Lauer situation but it felt humiliating and so at that moment I decided if it could happen to her it could happen to me in terms of being so incredibly disposable even when you were really good and it felt like you were at the top of your game so I um, mentally started preparing and saying you know I, I will have an expiration date in this career and hopefully it's on my terms, but if not, then what? So I spent years trying to help like create the then what, not knowing when I would pull the trigger and um, I ended up doing it in June. Wow. That's very interesting that you thought so far ahead, you know, to start thinking about the exit plan. You're the second person who I've heard who's had that very clear moment of let me prepare now so that way when I walk away I can walk away on my own terms even Roland Martin said in the past I've heard him speak and he was like what you hired me for is for me to be me also going to be the reason you're going to fire me too so I know mm -hmm. whenever I enter a job I'm about to walk out of it eventually too and mm -hmm. so you know I thought it was very clear of him to be able to recognize that and then always be prepared for that so yeah, there's it's just so much of a revolving door. We know so many people, right, mm -hmm. who have just gone in and out and you're just seeing this. And I just was like, if you're here and you feel like comfortable, then good luck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And so I didn't know how to prepare. I didn't know 
what my first steps were going to be. I mean, my first job was to be great at my job. So I spent a lot of time focusing on being really good and trying to create, you know, market value in that first job. But once I could tell a story, dig deeper, kind of start finding my voice, then I started developing other skills that might um, be valuable in a broader marketplace. But it took years first, you know, because you had to like get to know how to do your first job Definitely. and do that well, you know. Mm-hmm. You COVID was going on and I feel so weird on this side asking her question. Right? <laughs> I know it's kind of weird. It's weird right. for me too. <laughs> I'm used to Faith telling him it's time you have left and me going, I got you have breaking news. I need you to yeah, go. Yeah, right. So, you got to go. Yeah. <laughs> But in the midst of COVID, in the midst of even your journalistic journey, mm-hmm. um, when you pulled the trigger in June, how did you know it was time to pull it? And it wasn't just COVID fatigue. It wasn't just this job isn't the right fit. You know, yeah. so often we try to dig in deeper, trying to figure out and make something fit because okay, let me let me go harder in it to make it fit. How did you know this time it was like time to like, hey, I'm out. How did you know? Yeah. So in, in that job, I knew that it was like, there had to be a lot of change for it, for me to stay there. Um, it was, there was just like a lot of turmoil. Right. And so, but then there was a whole upheaval and like new management came in with promises. And so I was like, well, let me wait and see. Um, but at the end, it ended up being my therapist who had to come to Jesus with me in May. And, um, she was going to stop, uh, practicing, um, doing like having one-on-one patients and she was in the midst of a pivot. So we were preparing, um, for discharge like a few months later. So we were talking about like how to tie bows around. And I had started seeing her in 2018, um, at a prior job. And so um, we were working on tying bows around some of our goals from 2018 um, so that I could be discharged kind of to start a new journey with somebody else. And she had a conversation with me and she basically was like, um, like, yeah, you were getting better, but right now this is unsuccessful. You are not getting better Mm -hmm. and um, you're not growing in certain areas. And um, yeah. And this is unsuccessful. I was like, who me? <laughs> Cause she doesn't do failure. Right. Uh, that's a lot like failure. Oh, he was over here. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I'm sorry, what I'm enjoying this time. And I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was bad. I mean, I wasn't like, hmm, let me see, let me be it. I was like, what you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> um, so that and then we had another conversation that was also tense. We didn't have that type of relationship or we had like these tense conversations. And these were like the two most tense conversations we ever had. Um, and I had to sit with myself and really think of what this was costing me. Mm. Um, and there were lots of things along the way during the year in terms of what the cost was in terms of my future. I had an opportunity to stay an opportunity on the table to stay. Um, and so it gave me an ability to concretely look at what my future would look like. And I recognized that I'd have the same complaints. I couldn't see how I would grow as a person. I couldn't see how I would grow in my craft other than more repetition. Right. Um, Um, and then her saying that I'm actually not getting better. What I recognized that I was doing was I had coping mechanisms. I was like, had survival skills. That was the thing that was strengthening. I wasn't getting better. I was just trying to survive uh, in a different way. Um, and then that wasn't working. Um, and so from that conversation to me, quitting was maybe a week and a half. Oh, wow two weeks. It was fast. Yeah. It was- from what I'm gathering, obviously, I'm thankfully it was your therapist, but it is important to have somebody to keep it all the way 100 with you. You yeah. know, in your yeah. case, having your therapist talk to you like that, you know, like, girl, you're not doing well. Like, as a matter of fact, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, do you now, I guess, have a piece about it or 
even looking back then, just as a black woman, you we we're always I got bills to pay. I can't leave. I have this, that, and the third. You know what I mean? And that yeah. a lot of times keeps us in those jobs and that cycle because you have all these things to do. So, girl, yes. Well, <laughs> yes and yes. Okay, <laughs> emphatically, yes and hell yes. <laughs> Um, so during the pandemic, especially, um, I was just like, I just, I just always get these feelings, right? Like, and I, that's how God speaks to me. I don't hear like, hello, my child. Like, I don't hear that. Some people do. That's not, that's not me. He knows me too, too well to, to try. Um, so I had this feeling like this is going to be a big year. Like this has to be a transitional year. I was like, I can't, we can't as a country go through what we're going through and have me come out the same. Like, I was like, what a wasted opportunity. Right. Like what a waste for me to like basically just continue on and have it be Groundhog's Day in terms of the environment. Because it wasn't just this job, it was like a previous job too. So I had been enduring it for years years and years and um it's it's not just an isolated incident to where i was it's a you know it's a systemic um industry-wide thing um so i saved money i I was saving money um and also i had a situation with my prior um job where it was kind of a similar thing and so that taught me more than anything that you just need to save some money um, and I came to New York and I really started over from scratch. So in terms of the question of, um, yeah, the fear, yeah, I still did it fearfully. I mean, I looked at my bank account before I opened my mouth in my boss's office. <laughs> I mean, I did the math. There's scratch paper of how much are your bills every month? How, how long can you go? If not in worst case scenario, and then playing out, what is the worst case scenario? I was like, worst case scenario, I got to go home and be 40 years old and live with my mother. I was like, I'm going to be fed and be loved. That doesn't sound so horrible to me right now. You're preaching a word. I'm sorry. So it was just like, I have, I have a, I have the privilege of a safety net. Yeah, and exactly. I understand it's a very privileged place to be, but I have a really supportive family. And that's, and that's, you know, my, my mother came around to the idea after I had done it. I didn't tell her beforehand, but <laughs> um, she was like, well, you're not going to be homeless. And that's just like the biggest fear for me, right? Like it's literally not having your bare needs, essentials, you know, needs met. And also people don't see this as a privilege, but I don't have no, I don't have no kids. <laughs> so that's a privilege. Cause my friend was like, why are you acting like you have kids? You don't have kids. She said, when you eat your whole family eats. Yeah. And I was like, that is also true. <laughs> so I just had to take, you know, the fear of it exists. Right. But I had to also re-examine what I was actually fearful of and ask myself if that was true and then play out the scenarios of each thing that scared me the most. Um, but when I quit, <laughs> when I consciously uncoupled, um, well, two things. One, I was in tears. I was completely sobbing. I wasn't like the theme music turned up and I put put on a cape. I was completely sobbing. Um, and two, I had no job. Mm -hmm. I had absolutely nothing lined up. It just was costing me in every way that I cared about too much. And I just, all I knew for sure was this has got to be over. And um and I had to stay another month, but I told God, I said, um, cause right before, sorry, this is a long answer, but right before I was like, told my prayer group, okay, I think I'm gonna quit. I think I'm, I think I'm gonna quit this week. I think. And they're like, Ooh, girl. Okay. Um, and then I was like, you know, but I'm waiting for a sign. So I was like, Lord, send me a sign, like something manna from heaven, burning bush, like something, nothing. something, something, something. I got like, nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. Silence. I got crickets. <laughs> I was like, oh God. And then I had the meeting and I was just like, I just got to pull the trigger. I just got to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, later that day when I came home, I was like, cause I was like in shock with myself. Like, oh my God, girl, what you, what you just what yeah. you do? Um, And I was like, well, God, you just gonna have to figure it out. Cause I was just like, I have two degrees. 
I have 16 years of experience. I have been doing the work. I have been networking. I have been like for years. So if that don't count, then I got a problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Then that's like, then I got a problem. Um, so that has to count for something because I didn't. And then I just thought about my career of like, I didn't go to make in Georgia and make $18,000 a year to have, to now have the same conversations at 40 years old. Oh, come on. Right. About my, you know, about my worth and, and all those things. I, I just wasn't going to do it anymore. I got time for that. Mm-hmm. You talked about it a little bit, but how did you put, or did you even have this issue of ego? You know, a lot of times when Black women are so undervalued, we do find value in our work, in our professional accomplishments. You know, you can't take that away from me. I got, two, like I said, two degrees. Mm-hmm. I got this job that has a title, you know. Um, you might not think Black lives matter, but damn it, I matter in this room. Mm-hmm. How were you able to take off those trappings and just be able to say, I don't need that anymore to stand? I think it's just because I was looking at the cost, right? Like it just appeared amazing and people are clapping for you. But the reality, you know, is that your therapist is saying you are unwell. That's the reality. The reality is if you were at the end of your days, would I be proud of myself? I couldn't say yes. Mm. You know, if I didn't do it, I couldn't say yes, to be honest. Um, and it's just, a, it's a value proposition. So I wasn't even like, I was hurt. I was really hurt. And I was hurting, right? Actively. Um, but I was just like, but it's my life. And also ego helped me say, well, if I did it once, I could do it again. You know what I mean? Like it might have to look different, but I could do it again, you know? So there's ego in that, but I just was like, what really matters? I mean, it's a lot of like notebooks that I wore out, you know, over time of, of what really matters being with my family matters. Can I do that as much as I want to No. Mm. you know, Mm. Uh, vacationing matters. Can I do that? No. Having a kid someday matters. Will I, I mean, that was one of the biggest things, especially turning 40. Like, I would like to have a child. Um, would I be able to do that in the current state and in the future state that's presented to me? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if it was all over, would, what am I supposed to put a reporter on my tombstone? I hope not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that, that, that does not sound good for me and my value system so yeah and I'm seeing a lot of even like younger reporters in the business who are not staying in it long at all for you know similar reasons and I you know I feel like they're learning early on even kind of or developing that value system I I know a couple who are (laughs) they were reporters or whatever and now there's one I know that's like into real estate now yeah wow you know so this new generation is not with it but the thing is that like again it didn't feel like I had a cape on Mm -hmm. like when the words came out my mouth because I couldn't even really say it directly and I was asked like are you saying are you you saying (laughs) you are walking away and I said yes and I paused and I had my mask on, thankfully. And I paused and I started to sob in the, I don't cry at work. Right. But I, it was just like such an out of body experience because I was just like, this is the thing that I wanted to do when I was 17 years old. I got into it for all the right reasons. It wasn't to be on TV. I really wanted to make a difference. And I was fighting the fight, you know, like both behind the scenes, you know, editorially and in the direction of the newsroom, but also in my stories. And I love us and I really care about how we're portrayed. And, you know, I had people, it was always like, you know, older people coming to you be like, I remember when like black people were not on TV. And so you are really important. And you'd be like, oh my God. Like, thank you. But also, 
yeah you have no idea right thank you yeah but like I can't and you know and so that was hard I mean that was really and I just I I I didn't know in the moment if I was letting myself down I didn't know if I was letting a dream die Mm. because I couldn't find a system to support it and that even thinking about it right now, it makes me want to cry, mm-hmm. you know, because I was just like, God, it's like, here we are, mm-hmm. here we are. So it didn't feel like I had climbed the top of a mountain, even with all the accolades. It just was like, all right, I'm putting up a white flag, like you win. And now I just got to go heal and figure out what's next. For that, I mean, you, you chose yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I know y'all always, you know, I love Fisher Jakes, but <laughs> I mean, he says, feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. I really appreciate you being transparent in that it was not easy. It wasn't F y'all, I'm out. Right. Like there was real emotion and there still is tied to your decision. And when you have the conversation, you know? Yeah, of course. It's deeper. It, like you said, it was deeper than just a job for you. Right. Right. So for a lot of people, I'm sure will resonate with that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I could have always along the way done something else, mm-hmm. done something that was easier, done something that would have brought me home. Like I, you know, I love my family, you know, y'all know I'm obsessed with my family and we spent a lot of time together and I could have been closer to home for a long time. I could have started making a lot more money. Like I have lost a lot of earning potential in the choices that I've made because I was so steadfast to what the mission was behind mm-hmm. it. You know, so like I had options in other ways. So it wasn't as, but I chose actively not to along the way people have tried to offer me other jobs and say, Hey, you're really good at this. Can you come over to this company? I remember in Nashville, I got offered a job. I mean, it was making so much more money than I was making. And I said, you know what? I had told, I was like, this might sound crazy, but I'm just not, I can't do it. Like I cannot go and do this other job right now. Like, I feel like this is where my you know, this is where I'm led to be. This is what I need to do. Um, so yeah, my life could have been a lot different in a lot of different ways. Um, but I chose it and I felt like it wasn't choosing me back. Mm. You know? And so that was just like in the moment, that's how it felt. You are a whole prophetess right now. <laughs> where is my prayer call? Yeah. Say your prayer call, your purple prayer call. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm for real because we we know Andrea, y'all. So she's telling these are things we know, but it's even you telling it is is making me feel away. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just so happy for you. Oh, thank you. Like y'all, y'all don't. She has a glow about her right now. Thank you, friend. This hair is everything. (laughs) But I mean. <laughs> See? Oh, and I didn't tell y'all she's my roommate because I'm moved to New York. <laughs> Nasa, what else you want to ask? Don't let her come to New York again. <laughs> you gotta come. Thank you. I do need to come. Yeah. I do need to come. 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 We're gonna drink margaritas and greens. And faith is a bad influence, P.S. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm off topic. Go, um, bring us back in. <clears throat> I'm not going to bring you back in. I'm not. I think so often we hear about people who make the leap and then they jump to the finished product. I made okay. the leap, you know, Jeff Bezos. I'm working in my garage and now I'm on Amazon, you know, yeah, yeah. or, you know, Diddy. I got fired from one Def Jam, but I made this and look at me now, you know, and nobody talks about the journey through the valley. Right. Have you had any valley moments since yeah. you faith? I'm a real y'all dropping knowledge. Go ahead. <laughs> you still in the head, Bobby. You in the valley. Come on, man. Have you had any valley moments since you left in June? Or do no. you think you might be in the valley now as you're trying to navigate what's next? I have not had my valley was there. Okay. That was my valley because so um, I like quit on a Thursday that next 
Monday, maybe I was on LinkedIn, saw this freelance gig, a, a long story, how I know this woman, I did a speaking engagement, blah, blah, blah. Um, by that Friday, I had that freelance gig. So I was like, okay, because my Achilles heel is money. Like, I'm not bashful about it. I want lots of money, like as a woman, like, yes, I want money. It does not buy happiness, but it helps. Um, so I, I was like, okay, bet I've got, I know some money is coming in so I can, you know, but that was literally the next week. Everything that happened subsequent to that, everything that I'm doing now, and is is too much, honestly, um, is all friends. Literally, everything is all friends. It's all a network. And so when your work, the valley was when I was putting in all the work quietly, silently. Faith remembers in Nashville, I would drag her to speaking engagements. In Nashville, I decided... Cause that's when I like Nashville, I was like, all right, let me start doing things, um, to start looking beyond journalism. And I was like, well, what do they pay people for with, you know, who have been journalists? I was like to speak. And I was like, I cannot speak in front of a crowd. And so I would drag faith to, and I basically was like, pimp myself out to anybody. I was in church basements, like whatever I will host your, I will moderate your event. I will MC. I will do whatever. Um, just so I could learn how to speak in public and people were like, oh, but you, you know, you're on TV. Well, I speak to a camera and one person. I don't speak to a, a room full of people. And so Faith would always tease me because she knows I would go to the bathroom and I put toilet paper under my arms because I'd be so sweaty and nervous. She would be, she would. About emptying this event, and I'd be like, "Okay, Faith, I'll be right back." She's like, "You're putting toilet paper <laughs> under your armpits, are you?" I was like, "Shut up, yes, I am." Um, but I started doing that more and more and more. And when I went to Philly, um, um, when I interviewed, there's a woman who said, "To make it here, you have to be a socialite." That's what she said. She she didn't even she like lost her job shortly after I actually got there. So I didn't even like it was just like a moment we crossed and that was it during my interview. And in Philly, they wouldn't interview with you when you're not from there. Like Philly is very territorial. So other people had to vouch for you so you could get interviews um, and, and try to get like really good stories. And so I would go out and, um, you know, tell people I will MC and moderate their events and that, and I was doing it. But by the time I left, I was doing it like twice a month. Um, after work, just out in these streets. So that's how I developed that and then met a ton of people. Um, so that was a valley. The valley was like, man, lots of things are happening, but I didn't stay stuck. I was like, what am I going to work to do? You know, but yeah, everything that's come, I mean, y'all, <laughs> I can't even believe it. Like, I can't even believe it mm -hmm. just you know just all the things that have transpired from that you know I got a new deal today you know of this contract that I'm going to be working on so it's just like wow yes. I just had to move and I thought about this for years but I just had to move mm -hmm. I got it mm -hmm. yeah the sound bites go ahead I'm sorry <laughs> no I just you know it's it's refreshing and new yet familiar because I've heard of other people who have made the leap and, you know, for different reasons, um, Lovely Wilson, you know, left engineering, you know, went to New York and she's a designer and was working, you know, and now it's a designer for Nike. Um, I have other friends who've just, you know, done different things and pivots in, in life. And you think, well, it looks like a step back is really mm -hmm. up for what you really are supposed to be and supposed to be becoming. And I think that some, we, we often forget now, especially in this generation, that you have different acts, you know? Mm -hmm. Act one, it's act two, it's act three. There's no one chapter that you have to stay stuck on. And, mm -hmm. you know, we forget that, especially us Gen Xers, which our parents do primarily one thing, you know? Yes. So for us to be doing two and three, it's like, well, what are you going to retire? Well, you know, I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do this next act and see what happens. 
Yeah. And I'm, I'm also lucky just because I have my brother who's been an entrepreneur since he was in his twenties. Right. So I saw what was possible. Um, and also he helped, uh, make my parents understand too. <laughs> so That's I did call him and be like, Hey, I, I um, I uh, quit my job. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna need you to run interference. <laughs> you know? uh, Cause then I gonna understand. Um, but because he exists, um, I saw what was possible. And so I, how I operated in a corporate space um, was different, you know, like it just was different because I just, in terms of what it could give me, I, I think it, it, I, the move that I made wasn't a physical move. It was a mental move, mm. you know, like it was a mental move of saying, um, all right, what do you have to offer? You know, like, what do you stand for? What do you value? And does your life reflect any of that? You know, um, and just getting really honest. And um, also when you're talking about ego, I will bet on myself every single time. Like that's where my ego is. I'm not the loudest person in the room and, you know, whatever, but, you know, don't, mm. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not a fighter. I'm mm. not. I was from Silver Spring, um, but don't put me back up. Don't back me up. Don't do it. Don't, because no will always be my option. And even if I I don't have power in the situation in all the traditional sense, I have a friend in um, Philly. He used to we used to laugh, and we'd always be like, "We'll leave with our purse and our dignity." <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that's all you got. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you got is your person, your dignity. Mm -hmm. You don't have the power in the corporate space. You don't have the leverage, even though you've checked all the boxes, you don't like, but you have your no. So I had to like the, the light bulb in terms of it being possible went off when I said, I don't have to do this. Yeah. It took me forever to understand. I said, I don't like this or I don't like that, but I never connected that I don't, I am choosing. Yeah. <laughs> I am really choosing this and I don't have to anymore. Um, I don't decorate my offices anymore. I, I, I never have decorated spaces. I put, a, I mean, other than a, um, the prayer, yeah. <laughs> serenity <laughs> prayer. <laughs> yeah, but I don't decorate offices. I mean, I kept it really light before, but there's nothing mm -hmm. there now. Yeah, you're not, it's not your home. Mm -hmm. That's how I look. I, I'm the same way. It's not my home. I'm not going to be, I'm not staying here past when I need to be. I'm not living here. I have a home. Yeah. I'm going to go to that. Like, I, I totally get what you're saying. And we've all worked with people who have stayed past their expiration date. And they're not fun to be around. And they're not um, people that you look up to, yeah, you know, because they've stopped. Mm -hmm. And so being stagnant, my biggest fear is like being at the end of my life and having so much more to give and just being too afraid to have done it. Mm. Like, I don't know what I'm, uh, what, what am I supposed to say? Yeah. When I have to make an account for what I did, what am I supposed yeah. to say? I like, I'm just trying to figure out something to say. <laughs> I do the same thing in, in a different way. I think that when I die, I get to go to heaven and look at my little warehouse and it's everything, all the gifts that he had for me. And I don't want anything on the shelves. Mm. Like, I want my mug to be empty. I want you to be like, oh, you did everything I asked you to do and, you know, go forth. And I'm like, all right, you know, yeah, right, right. <laughs> I don't want to get there and be like, it's the half full because you didn't do X, Y, and Z, you know? Right. Yeah. I definitely yeah. say that sentiment. But also a thing that's, that's, I've been working, I haven't really been working through, but just thinking about that I probably need to work through is that I don't, um, like have a big recognizable name, you know, attached to me anymore. Right. I'm working, I have a full-time job and then I have a business on the side. Um, but I'm not working for a mainstream place anymore that comes with a specific type of prestige. And, you know, people don't understand what the hell. Oh, so you're doing this now? Oh, 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 oh that's, that's, uh, that's nice, that's nice. That's nice. Cause it doesn't make right. 
sense in the traditional sense. Right. It makes perfect sense to me, but it doesn't like you have to give people time for like, they have to operate in terms of looking at you in hindsight. Mm -hmm. Right. But like in the moment. So it's been hard where I didn't even like fully transparent. There was like an event that I wanted to go to. um, Like it would be a networking event with like news people. And I didn't go Mm -hmm. because I was just like, I don't feel like explaining myself or all of the things. And especially now, because it's still new. I mean, I left in July um, and it's still new and it's still vulnerable. Right. And so I don't, I have to be really careful the environments, you know, that I, that I bring it in because it's just still so vulnerable. Um, and even like, you know, everything that, you know, whatever transpired, even talking about that, I'm like, how do I talk about it? And, you know, because it's my truth, like it's mine and I experienced it and it's very, you know, well-documented, but you're still a black woman in an industry that will blackball you in a heartbeat, um, in a moment, even though you spent your whole career building an amazing, um, resume, you have the receipts and people like working with you, you know, but it just, one interpretation can bring you down, you know, and you have no, you can't do anything about it. Right. So it is still a tightrope, you know, and mental gymnastics that you have to do around it, which see, you know, feels unfair, but it kind of is just. No, that's the reality of it. I mean, I think about times that we were all, you know, in local Nashville NABJ meetings and there's a bit of snobbery. I mean, there is, you know, Mm -hmm. there is, you you know, who is a real journalist. I'm putting my fingers in quotes for those who are just listening and those who are doing other things around journalism, you know, are trying to get into our niche, you know, things and they just didn't get the same amount of prestige or, you know, even recognition a lot of times, you know, and so I, I definitely get what you're saying because, you know, again, as black women, especially, mm-hmm. I think anybody cares about the, t- the title that they have and who they work for. But as a black woman, especially when so many other things are marginalized, sometimes it is easier to lead with your title and who you work for. Oh, no, I, I matter. I'm so-and-so and so-and-so, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and to make sure they understand that when you should just matter because you're Andrea Clark Thomas. Yeah. Just, yeah. I want to say, I like that when you finally, I don't even want to say broke your silence, but you went on IG and you this, you said what needed to be said, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I applaud you for, you know, choosing again yourself, betting on yourself, like you said, to not go into spaces that trigger you, make you feel uncomfortable, mm-hmm. make you feel like you have to have difficult conversations, you know, because a lot of times, mentally you feel like I have to go I should go mm-hmm. but I think that's also important to be like no I don't want to go there I don't feel like <laughs> I don't want to talk about it and you don't have to talk about it that's the thing you don't have just because someone asks you don't have to talk to them about it you know so yeah. and I only did that because people kept on saying I even talked to my therapist about this because I have a new one now and they kept on saying like and they were being like loving well, one, everyone's like, where are you going? And it's kind of like, well, if I didn't say it, then I, I didn't, I'm, right. <laughs> I'm not saying. And also I'm going to sleep. How do you say, it literally was, how do you say I'm going to take a nap? Y'all, uh, give me give me 10 feet. <laughs> um, and, you know, people were also saying, and again, it was really loving. Um, I know it's big. I was like, a nap. <laughs> that's what I'm doing is I'm taking a nap. Y'all have no idea. I'm taking a nap. Um, but it was just this anticipation and this expectation of like, you know, my therapist was like, you know, it's, it's actually like indication of your personality. And you know, that people like 
like in a loving way. But for me, in in the moment, it felt burdensome. Right. Pressure. Well, it felt like pressure. And it felt like it was hard for me to hear me if I'm like considering all of this. So I just really kind of wanted outside noise to stop. I just needed, I just needed some quiet. (laughs) Mm. You know, I just needed some quiet. I've just felt like I blew up my life and I just need to let you know, okay, I blew up my life. We figuring it out. I'm alive. I'm happy. I'm sleeping. I'm moisturized. I'm drinking water. I'm minding my business. Thank you very much. I will tell you if I feel like it, if I don't, I won't. I'm still figuring that part out too. Thank you. All right. (laughs) That's how I felt. All right. (laughs) That's really what in the moment I was just like, no, I have no answers. Right. I have a freelance gig. And people are like, oh, so you can't tell? No, 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 no. That's it. Period. I don't know. I have I'm gonna freelance. And then and doing what? I don't know. Yeah. I had like one freelance job at that point. But literally it was one week in August. I like applied to like freelance, 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 freelance. One week in August. When I tell you the floodgates open. So I had that one job and that was like a few months. It's lovely, wonderful, perfect transition. Um, and then in, I think it was like the second week in August and the floodgates open. I was like, oh my God. And then September, I was like, wait a minute, I'm gonna be working. Like work and work like a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she's back working a lot. But yeah, no, my life is like totally different now. I work more than I've ever worked in my life, but it's just, I'm being stretched. I'm growing. I feel like I'm getting smarter. Mm. I've spent more time with my family in the last, like if I had a, my traditional job, um, I would have used up all my vacation from July to August of mm. my, like a whole year's vacation. Like I was not here. Yeah, I was not here. I was with my family. I was traveling overseas. Like yeah, and that felt like I was like, this is what living feels like. Come on, 40. Come on, 40. Come on, 40. <laughs> hey, Nate. <laughs> 40 plus. <laughs> Nate has a birthday coming up, too. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did. So we always end okay. with a to go. So if you were looking back, what was that one piece of truth that you think people should go with? Mm-hmm. Ooh. I think the one piece of truth is. Oh, give me one second. Mm, let him use you. Let him use me. I always felt that like my emotion about things um, was a liability, like that I internalize things. I'm an empath. I feel people's energy wholeheartedly. And I thought that was a liability and that it wouldn't make me successful because I'm just like being too sensitive. Right. And now I recognize that that was a compass all along, just guiding me to where I really needed to go. And so I think that um, people just need to protect that. They need to protect that because that's telling them you don't know step Z, but you know, this right here is not, Mm -hmm. uh, that discontent is not, I always work to overcome it. Like, all right, let me, let me make this less and not feel this way. When really it was telling you, this is not in alignment and you need to figure out (laughs) like what is. So that's what I would say. Okay. I love it. Okay. Where can people find you, Andrea? What are you working on next? If you able to talk? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't say what I'm working on next yet because the press release hasn't come out. Um, but I'm working on a new thing. I'm producing. That's what I can say. I'm producing. I'm producing a lot of different things. Okay. Um, but I'm on Instagram. And I'm trying to tick and talk, but uh, I struggle. Um, <laughs> and LinkedIn. Yeah, I don't really do Twitter much anymore, um, but I do Instagram a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Your Instagram handle. Oh, it's Andrea C T A U N D R E A C T. Got it. Thank you for having me. This is lovely. Like I have you guys coming to New York. Come on and bring bring Nasa. coming to New York. I'm coming. Somebody gotta save her from herself. You fool, you. I'm trying to have a good time together. As you have seen in videos. Yes. Yes. Much dirt on me. Skipping through New York. Yeah. Okay, sorry. So, Mesa, um, because you know I always get this wrong. Where can people follow the Go Ladies podcast? Y'all, I'm looking for a new co-host. Andrea, (laughs) (laughs) how about you come on? Because this one right here gives me troubles. (laughs) I feel like Bernie Mac. Trouble, trouble. No, but seriously, we do. You can find us wherever the podcast. We are on um, Apple. We're on Google. We're on Spotify. Of course, we're on YouTube. You can watch us too. Of course, Anchor. Just anywhere you listen to your podcast, that's where you can find us. Remember to like, follow, share, subscribe, and just share the information and join the conversation. If you're looking to make a good leap, if you're in that kind of, I don't know what to do space, you know, or you've already figured it out, let us know as well. Okay. Okay. Go ahead and sing a song, Faye. But you're going to sing us all now. You know me sing, do a little ditty or something. What you going to do? I sang before. And during. This is Ladies Night. And I'm feeling. This is Ladies Night. Oh, what a night. Oh, what a night. Bye.